share with you something. Do you really want to know the truth? Billy mentioned Jesus standing before Pilate, giving a place for, of defense. That's the scripture I'd like to share with you because I think most of you already know this by heart. Pilate's sarcastic word to the truth that was standing right in front of him, and he didn't see it. I hope that's not you. He was in a court of law. Pilate was judging his life and even said, I have the power to crucify you. And I think already all of you here know what Pilate said in John 18.38. What is truth? Do you want to know the truth this year? The year of your breakthrough. Do you want to hear the truth? What I'd like to talk about in the eight minutes that I have is I don't think many of you here know what Jesus said to Pilate just before this. Immediately before Pilate said, what is truth? You know what he said? I think it has very much significance for us to hear and hear the words of Jesus himself. In John 18, 37, Jesus said, For this purpose, I was born. You know, do you want to know what purpose he was born. He went on to say, for this purpose, I came into the world. Do you want to know those two things? Jesus said, for this purpose, I was born. For this purpose, I came into the world. Read it yourself. It's in John 18, 37. Right before Pilate said, what is truth? He said, for this purpose I was born. For this purpose I came into the world to bear witness to the truth. What is the truth? I want to share with you what I honestly believe. And again, these altars are open. It's about family. It's about a real family. And I want to encourage our guest here, I could not recommend a church any more highly than I can this church. This is a family. We're drawing closer, and this is our goal this year, to draw as close to the center as we can. This is my determined purpose, to know Him. Jesus went on to say, all who side with the truth, listen to me. Are you ready for an adventure in 2016 that you'll need to put your seatbelts on? Will you listen to him? These altars are open.
Are you listening to him? Because I will tell you two things, honestly, with all of my heart. This is all he's ever wanted. That's a friend. That is the purpose he came into the world. That is the purpose he was born. So he could have a family. The problem occurred back at the very beginning in the garden when Adam and Eve chose another tree. They chose the wrong tree. They could have partaken of the tree of life, but somehow, and I think this is really interesting because God established the family to give a picture of what the nature of God looked like. He told Adam he had authority over the earth to to subdue it, to cultivate, to, to be fruitful and multiply. Satan didn't go to Adam to give the temptation. He distorted the family from the very beginning. He went to Eve. And Eve, I don't know, I don't know what caused her to think somehow God was withholding something from her. I don't know what made her desire this fruit from the wrong tree. But she took it. She also gave it to her husband. the separation that God wanted never to have happened. He wanted us to be family. But he even told Eve at the very beginning in John 3, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to put it back together. I'm going to work through history, through your seed in particular. The Messiah would come this is the truth. I want a family. I don't want a family that's broken apart in poor relationships with one another where divorce is not part of God's words. Divorce is not, is this how much time I've got left? Thank you. God wants a family and he wants you to be in it come to this altar and be part of it. That's the greatest challenge a minister has, is to deliver a message and deliver it on time and deliver it in eight minutes. That's the challenge. Praise God, I got my timer. This is representative of the church. When this time is up, the Lord's coming. He's coming soon. Put me on that already on the clock. Amen. There was two young men who had been raised in a Christian home. And they were under the leadership of Nicholas Zensendorf. They were the missionaries from Morovia, the Morovian missionaries. 
They were fearless. They'd go anywhere to preach the gospel because Jesus is worthy of all our praise. Can someone say amen? I'm not talking to a dead church. Come on, I'm talking to a lively church. The church of Jesus Christ has never been defeated. Can somebody say amen? All right, I'm talking to the right crowd. Our time is running, so we got to get with. Here's the message. Those two missionary young men heard of a, of a plantation owner in Africa who said, no minister is coming to my plantation. No servant of God is going to minister to my people. When they heard that, God convicted these two young missionaries. They sold themselves into slavery to go to Africa to serve in this plantation owner's home where 3,000 African slaves were who had never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they said, we will go. And as their parents and as their ministers, as their congregation hugged them and they kissed them because that would be the last time they would see their children again. It's going to cost you something to serve Jesus Christ. Now notice what happened. When they left and they got on the boat, he wouldn't even pay their fare to get there. He said, they're my slaves. I don't owe them nothing because they're my property. That's how the plantation owner thought about it. As the boat left to take them to Africa, all of a sudden, the last voices, the last words heard from these young men were, Jesus deserves the reward of his suffering. I'm going to say it one more time. These were the last words of these two young missionaries because the rest of their life they served in that plantation and never got reunited with their family ever again. The family heard these words again. I'm saying it to you. Again, pay attention. Wake up. The church is almost up of time. He's about ready to come. They said it. Jesus is worthy of his suffering. Now let us go to the scriptures. Matthew 27th chapter. Verse 27. I'm going to read. Write this down. Matthew 27. Through 31. And it's kind of beautiful how the Holy Ghost is working. Because Brother Bobby Fallon, when he shared, he talked about Pilate and Jesus being true. Guess what I'm going to talk about? I'm going to talk about Pilate and how his Praetorian guards punished Jesus. That's got to be the Holy Ghost because you started the message. I'm continuing it. What a flow. And we just it, just, it just all came together just now. Did we talk about this? This is God. Hear this. Then he released Barabbas to him. And when he had scourged, that means he whipped Jesus, whipped him. He delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor, I want you to hear this, took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison. That's about 600 men. 
gathered the whole garrison around them, and they stripped our Jesus. He that knew no sin, he that took the suffering, he that took the beating for our sin, for my sin, for your sin. And we ain't bold enough to go out there and share the love of Jesus. What is wrong with the church? Mm. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And when they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him. And they mocked our Jesus. They mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And then they spit on him. And they took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him and put his clothes on him and led him away to be crucified. Jesus deserves the reward of his suffering. Say it one more time. Jesus deserves the reward of his suffering. And his reward is souls. Who will be in heaven? Here's the application. Here's the action step. Here's what you need to get. Who will be in heaven because of your witness? Because Jesus suffered so that the whole world could come to Christ. And we're the church. Let me get real with you. Let me make it plain. We're the bride of Christ. What happens when the bride doesn't do what the husband wants? What happens when the bride is unfaithful? What happens when the bride said, I'm going to go with my other lover? His love was pure. His love was sacrificial. 1 Corinthians 13.4. Write that verse down. Because that's the beginning of the love chapter of the Bible. You want to know what real love is? Read that chapter. Eso es amor puro, amor sufrido. That's Spanish for true love. It's the love that suffers. And I got 53 seconds. Let me close with this. I love Jesus. And because I love Jesus, I'm going to go to the Philippines. I ain't never been to the Philippines. Don't even speak to Galo. Don't even know what the people eat in the Philippines. But guess what? I ain't caring about that. I care about Jesus deserves the reward of his suffering. I'm going to go there because he deserves the reward of his suffering. He deserves the reward of his suffering. Who's going to go to the high schools and say Jesus deserves the reward of his suffering? Who's going to go to Clay County and say, who Jesus deserves the reward of his suffering. Who's going to go to Jacksonville? Jesus deserves the reward of his suffering. You got a great preacher coming up, Doug Matty, awesome man of God, 36 years ordained minister, and my friend, Doug. Amen. Amen. Sometimes it's easier to preach 30 minutes than it is eight. We're going we're gonna to bring the word of the Lord to you. We thank you for being here in the house of God today. Psalm 43, verse 5 says, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. And that's a word I feel like God is putting on my heart for you here this morning. For I shall yet praise him for the help of my countenance and my God. Amen. Hey, just a word of, of persistence and a word of hope. Uh, 
someone said, I read recently, what if uh, William Wilberforce had, had lost hope? Uh, what if Wil Wilberforce uh, gave up and never fought for the next, uh, for the end of slave trade? What if he gave up at 25 years and never saw the victory he experienced in year 26? What if George Washington had lost hope? What if during the Battle of Trenton, General Washington had allowed the discouragement of losing nine previous battles over brutal freezing weather, well, we Floridians know about that, and lack of morale, he led his troops to, the, to cross the Delaware River in the middle of the night to defeat the Hessian army. The miraculous victory restored needed momentum to the Patriots' cause and helped steer the successful outcome of the American Revolution. Amen. Persistence and hope. Let's not lose hope in Jesus' name. You know, a lot of times churches, uh, you know, the church that's running 30 says, oh, if we were just running 60. And the church that's running 60 said, oh, what I could do with 120 people. And the church of 120 will many times say, oh, if I just had 240. And on and on it goes. It seems like we're always kind of feeling like, well, Lord, if we just have a little bit more, we can do something. How many believe God can do something mighty with you individually and with this church? Amen. And I would say, God Almighty, where we are, help us, Lord, in Jesus' name, to be a church that's going to be persistent, a church that's going to have hope, a church that's going to say, Lord, use me. Lord God, use us to change the world for Jesus Christ. I have a few thoughts here. We dream of a church that shines brightly as a beacon of faith and hope and love in the Fleming Island and Clay County areas. A church that is made up of real people who actively lead others to a real Savior and meet real needs as they are compelled by a real God to do so. Do you want to be that church? Amen. We dream of a church full of people who have hearts for God and are so contagious with authentic Christian life that non-believing, the church unchurched people are drawn to experience Jesus for themselves, many for the first time. How many want us to be that church? Amen. We dream of a church, Lord, where people know they are loved because they know how um, to share their needs with others. They know how to pray for each other. They know how to support and encourage each other. They know how to spur each other on. Uh, to, and God Almighty can undertake for us. How many want to be a church that knows how to pray and willing to spur people on? Amen. To be a church where we disciple seriously. I remember when I first gave my heart to the Lord, a gentleman called me a couple months later and said, Doug, how you doing? And I got to tell him, I am doing fine. I love Jesus. And he was just burst out crying and said, I, I hope you carried on. Discipleship. I tell you what, taken seriously, where people deeply desire to grow in their knowledge and experience of Jesus. We long for a church where people grow spiritually because they put their faith into action.
and uh, that God will use all of his might. You let God say, God, here are my gifts. What are they? You know, sometimes it's not to preach. Sometimes it's to care. And sometimes it's to be patient and listen. Whatever your gift is, and God help me to do it. Thank God for these ushers around here. Thank God for these servants around here. Thank God for the singers. How many of you can say, I can carry a tune in a bucket, but I don't think I need to be in the choir? But thank God who people are in the choir and in the praise team. Hallelujah. They can lead us in worship and praise unto God. And I just made up my mind a long time ago, whoever's sitting in front of me or back of me is just going to have to suffer along because I'm going to sing. Lord, I'm going to sing. And uh, I'll just say, God, you help them to pray through and help them to pray through. Lord, and, you know, amen. Oh, help us to be worshipers of God. I dream of a church where everything happens as a result of diligent prayer and the leadership of the Holy Spirit, where people humbly go wherever God leads them for his glory and for the benefit of needy and unbelieving people. Oh, if we can just have a church full of people like that, God can do a great thing. Boy, the leadership of the Holy Spirit, how many know God can do uh, something in 10 seconds that can take us a year to do? We'll just be led of the Holy Spirit. This church has been and is, and many of you individuals are. Oh, what a joy to say, Lord, I want to be led of the Holy Spirit. And what God can do with a church like that, for Fleming Island, for Clay County, God will do a great work. Amen. We dream of a church where people expect to encounter God in worship and wait with anticipation for the next opportunity to gather together. And God help us, say, let me add this one here, to be a church where youth are, are, are uh, we pray for and encourage. How many do we have here? We'll just say 21 and under. Would you stand real quick? 21 and under. Come on, stand up in this church real quick. That's all I'm going to do. Amen. Group over here, a few over here. God Almighty, this is the church of today. This is the church of tomorrow. God, anoint them and bless them. Amen. You may be seated. We want to be a church that's loving them and praying for them and supporting them in the name of the Lord. Amen. I read uh, uh, an article by uh, by uh, John Hagee. Anybody heard of that guy? He's a new preacher, a young guy. And uh, just kidding. And uh, but he preached about um, uh, Colonel Sanders in a letter recently, and he just talked about persistence and all the failures of Colonel Sanders through age 65. And then he uh, started uh, cooking chicken somewhere along them, got the recipe going, and we know the story of persistence. Amen. God Almighty, help us to be a church that's pleasing God today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Brother James Jordan, and there's only about seven or eight after him. No, he's closing. And uh, Brother James Jordan, preacher, pastor, singer, uh, anointed psalmist uh, coming to close us out. God bless you. Whoa, now to live up to that. Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. And fear not them, this is Jesus, and fear not them which kill the body and are not able to kill the soul. Rather fear him which is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. And so why did you choose that scripture? Because I want to give a word to we that are saved, 
And you who do not know the Lord today in this eight minutes, I pray that God would do something in your heart to realize. I'm going to talk a little bit about fear. Fear is a word today that we hear every every moment. You turn on the television, they're talking about fear. The Bible says in the last days, men's hearts will fail them for fear of things that are coming up on the earth. There's people that live in fear today. They live in fear that they're going to lose their job. They're afraid that they're going to get some type of an illness that's going to bring them down, that they'll be in a hospital. They get fearful of uh, what could happen. People that are young are fearful in school that if they say the wrong thing or if they pray or if they read the Bible, they're going to be ridiculed. We're fearful sometimes that we might uh, do something that's not pleasing to God in the church by letting ourselves go to worship Him. So we live in all types of fear. The Bible says that God did not give us a spirit of fear. God did not give us a spirit of fear. The opposite of fear is faith. When we walk with God, we walk by faith. We do not walk by fear. When you go to a foreign country like he's going to, and I used to go to Haiti quite a bit, and the last time I went, I nearly died. If it had not been for prayers, I would have died on the mission field in Haiti. But I want you to know that we do not go to countries because we are fearful. We go because we have faith that God goes before us, as I think that Bobby or one of them had said or someone said, uh, that God goes before us. Whatever we go to do, whatever God challenges you to do, He goes before you in faith. You do not have to walk in fear. God will will never ask you to do something that you are not capable of doing because He will make you capable of doing. He will multiply your gift. The Bible says that God will make room for you in His kingdom for your gifts in the kingdom of God. We serve a God of faith. Sister Carolyn, our pastor's wife, she said, the little woman said, she talked to herself, by the way. Did you ever know that? If you talk to yourself, it's okay. The Bible says she said within herself, she talked to herself, if I could but touch the hem of his garment, I know I behold. How come? Because I have faith, not so much in what he's wearing, but I have faith in the one who is wearing the robe. And his name is Jesus. Folk, we do not have to live in fear today. We talk about the economy. We talk about Congress. We talk about political things. And that's the reason I chose this. I feel like the Lord laid on my heart real quick about fear. We talk about fear. What if so-and-so gets elected? What if she and she gets elected? What if? It doesn't make any difference because God's in control and we walk by faith. If the economy goes down, we're still going up. Amen. If you lose your job, God has a better one for you. 
If you get sick, the Bible says he'll heal you. If you're depressed and living under anxiety, and I grant you there's many people in this building this morning who has a lot of depression, anxiety, and fear in your life, and God does not want you to continue to live like that with anxiety and fear and stress in your life. You say, well, how do you get rid of it? Well, number one, you ask the Lord to help you, and if that's not enough, go get a counselor somewhere to help you or get someone that knows God to get beside of you and pray with you because God will cast that fear out of you. Now, he said he made a difference here, though. He said, don't fear those that can just destroy your body. You know, we say, God, look at all the things coming upon the world. I mean, we can live, oh, God, what if I get cancer? I, you know, we got to have to trust the Lord. What, what if I get this disease? What if this happens? Jesus said, don't fear that kind of stuff. Don't worry about that so much. Now, I don't want any of us to get that. I sure don't want it. But don't get afraid because we serve a living God, not a dead God. He said, now you that don't know the Lord, this is exactly for you. And if my finger's pointing at you, it means to be pointing at you. I used to be an evangelist for a lot of years. So I know how to point them out. He said, don't worry about the body. You need to be in fear of the one who would destroy not just your body, but he's after to destroy your soul. He came for one reason, to kill, steal, and destroy. And in closing, he's not satisfied instilling your victory. That's not what he wants to do. He'll steal your victory if you can get that back. He said, then he wants to go in and he wants to kill you. What do you want to kill? He wants to kill your faith and your confidence that you have in your life. He wants to kill it. He's still not satisfied. He said, I don't want to just steal from you. I don't want to just kill you. I want to destroy you. I want to destroy you that you will end up, now maybe you don't believe in hell, but I'm sorry the Bible says, but he wants to drag you into the chains and darkness of a hell. Not hell on earth. This is not hell, folks. Hell's not on earth. You may believe hell's on earth, and we may think we're living in hell sometimes, but I want you to know that there's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to fear. And God does want and does not want any to perish, but he would that all would come to an altar of repentance. So the God that we serve today, the ones that they spoke about, the ones they sing about, that God today, he wants to save your soul, not tomorrow, but today. Would you stand with me at this time? I want all of our pastors to come back, and I want you to line up here. I want them to get a song we're going to sing. And if you don't know the Lord today, I pray that God would reach down in your heart and for you to realize, don't be afraid of everything that's happening. If you lost your job, God's going to take care of you. If you've lost your husband, you've lost your wife, whatever it is, God is in control. 
answer that, those problems.